Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Hey friends, uh, just in case you missed it somehow and have been living under an Amanda Starkingsley rock, the book is here. When I um, released last week's episode, the book was not here and this week it is. Um, People officially started buying my book on Wednesday, last Wednesday. And funny story, um, I actually bought a copy right away. I forewent the option of purchasing author copies ahead of time because I thought, you know what? I love the book. I believe in the book. I have hired people to help me make the book look beautiful. I don't need to see it before anyone else does. So I... um, passed on that option with which meant that once the book was live anyone could order it so I of course went to Amazon ordered my own copy then told everyone else it was available thinking well maybe (laughs) I'll get it first and I did not (laughs) I did not get the first copy which has turned out to be such a joy and just such an interesting journey. I actually think a couple people received it before I did. Um, but the very first person I know received the book was a dear client of mine, and it just felt like such a special moment. I got my copy yesterday. If you're in my book launch group on Facebook, you can go see a video of me un- unwrapping it. I was really just so happy. Um, did cry. <laughs> there were there was crying. I cried when I read the um like the dedication and thought holy moly like thank you to the babies and we did it. We did it. So really it's been such a fun week. Um I do have a goal to sell uh 300 copies this month. I think that would be so fun. I have a goal to sell 100 copies in the first week. So spread the word tell everybody this book is amazing not just if you've had an abortion it's amazing for any struggle in your life my dad came over and started reading it and said um it's like a zipper song and I was like what's a zipper song and he said it's a song it's like a song where you can insert anything and the the message of the song applies so we could insert anything for the word abortion and this book is relevant to everyone. And I so appreciated that reflection because it's exactly what I intended when I wrote the book. So go grab your book, tell your friends, tell me when you get it. If you're feeling extra generous, generous, leave me an Amazon review. That would mean the world to me and um, enjoy this week's episode. I am having all the feels right now and they're so yummy and like that 
balance of the feeling that you know is like excited and scared at the same time only because I'm like oh my gosh what are we gonna talk about (laughs) I don't think you're gonna have to worry there (laughs) I love this feeling I'm so glad to have you here um listeners today we have Lisa Hadelstad I have been following and admiring her coaching and her just presence in the world for many years now. Um, I think I met you for about 30 seconds at the mass, the, what would it have been? 2019? I I think it was 2019 because um, that's the year that they invited people to submit like a talk and you did that amazing like it was, I love that. And I don't know if you've talked about that on your podcast. That's how but... the podcast started. Yes. I, I talked on stage and then I went back home. So any listeners who are new to the podcast, go back to the very beginning. Um, and I share that speech at the beginning of the podcast, but um, I spoke on stage and then like basically freaked out went back to my hotel room, had a complete vulnerability hangover. (laughs) And and then I was like, oh, this is the beginning of the podcast. This is where it starts. So So beautiful. So that was when I met you. (laughs) Exactly. And I had like a weird year too. I mean, you know, all the cognitive dissonance between being like, I'm just a woman that goes to Walmart in her sweats. Right. And then that year I was up on the stage for a lot of, for some different awards, one that was a complete surprise. And I was in shock anyway. And people kept coming up to me that I didn't know. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. Like I don't, and you were one of them, but I will tell you, like I had a vulnerability hangover from what you said. And I just remember when you were speaking, that place was so quiet, at least in my memory, And I was just getting all the chills because I had just never heard anyone speak. Um, You know, and I, I have a lot of people in my life that have, that have um, had abortions or have family members that have, I've never heard anybody speak about it. So um, I, the word that's coming to me is like impactfully, Mm. it like deeply, deeply affected me. So thank you for that. I love that we have this connection. Um, I just remember shaking like crazy. And Mm. I remember preparing for it thinking everyone else is, you know, smarter than me, wiser than me, more better than me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they don't, they'll just memorize and speak and it will be amazing. And I like, I was like, it's okay. If you hold the paper, it's okay. If you need yeah. to read, like, this is big stuff. This isn't yes. just like, <laughs> we're not just getting up and talking about like the stuff, everybody's everyday stuff. Like it's okay that you're shaking. It's okay that you're reading you're here. And like, that's big. That's yes. That's big. And it was, and just to, um, just to hear it spoken about from somebody like, you know, one of the things because of how I was raised and where I live, like I live in Northern Minnesota. It's just a very, people keep things close to their chest and it's very important up here to be nice. Mm, And, you know, if you've ever heard Minnesota nice, it's like literally at four-way stops, we're like, you go, no, you go, no, you go, you know, it's (laughs) just like this thing. It's part of the culture. And my family wasn't particularly Mm. religious. 
mm-hmm. or anything like that. But we went to church because that's what nice people did. Oh, um, whoa. Yeah. and then along the way, I, I married this wonderful man. I'm still married to him, but his family, um, took, you know, religion and worship more seriously. And so th- I think what I'm coming around to Amanda is just like, there were hundreds of people in that room And, um, you know, because we're both from the same world, there's a lot of people who likely have some conservative viewpoints and some conservative, you know what I mean? And no disparaging them whatsoever. And, but the amount of courage it takes to speak what is true for you without embellishing it, without apologizing for it, without like trying to make it acceptable. Like my circumstances were this. And so I, you know what I mean? It was just incredibly powerful. And I think like as coaches, that's what we're all called to. And it can be like, we so get in our own way so often about that. Yeah. That religious piece was huge for me that day. Mm -hmm. I like, so wanted to just back out and go, nope, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Too many religious opinions in the audience. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. And I, I laughed a little when you said Minnesota nice and the <laughs> four-way stop sign because I'm from Massachusetts and Massachusetts, we're like mass holes. And we're just like, you're not going, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> we were just in New York City and it was literally like, the people that have the right of way are the people that have horns and go get out of the way. Exactly. You know? Massachusetts oh drivers are probably like New York City drivers. Anyway, mm-hmm. I that I had to giggle at that. Okay, this has been really fun already. <laughs> um, but we skipped the part where I say, Welcome to the show, Lisa. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? So we've said a lot. Already, people have a feel for who you are. Um, we will get into more of the content I anticipated us talking about, but why don't you just give an introduction that feels at this point right for whoever's here, whoever's listening? Like, who are you? Who yeah, are you? sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a like that's that's a, just an easy question to answer, right? Like, who am I? Um, I'm among other things, I'm a life coach. I'm a master coach. I certified like you did Amanda through the life coach school. Um, and I've been coaching for a while now and it was something that I always, you know, even as a kid, I knew I was going to help people. I just didn't know what Mm. it was going to look like. Like Mm. I literally was like, I need to be a superhero, whatever. And I, you know, it's interesting because I'm just like, you cannot keep me on track. You can try, me too. <laughs> but, but I do think so often when we want to help people, and especially if we want to help heal people, we do think that we have to have these superpowers. And for me, it was kind of like, well, who am I? I'm mm-hmm. this kid that used to get made fun, you know, made fun of all the time, a blah, 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 blah. And I'm too different. And I'm like super broken. There's no way I'm going to help people or be able to help people until I somehow perfect myself. And I think just through um, life, I I got some kicks in the butt in my late forties from life. And I don't Mm. know if, you know, it probably wasn't intentional, but of course my brain is like, thanks universe. But it was, Mm -hmm. it really pushed me through kind of this ring of like, if I really want to do what I know is my spiritual journey, I have to just get out there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I did. I became a coach um, for a couple of years. I was, 
you know, primarily a contract coach for the life coach school. I went through master coach training. I was coaching for them, teaching for them. And then I was like, I, I really need more space to kind of do my own thing. So, um, I have just like a, um, it's not a small business, but I think of it as really like bespoke or boutique or something mm -hmm. like that. Like I just have a handful of clients. That's what mm -hmm. I like. Um, I work primarily one-to-one -one. and, you know, it's so funny because the more you start leaning into, or at least this is for me, the more I started leaning into what I'm doing, I've thought it was going to feel great. And it does, it feels so good. And it also feels really wrong. Mm. Like I shouldn't be doing it this way. I'm going to lead to my own failure or whatever, but that hasn't happened yet. So I'm just going to go with it. But as I've gone along, um, I, I really realized that, you know, I didn't market this way or anything, but my clients are primarily, um, you know, really fit kind of the wounded healer archetype, yes. the, the yeah. people just like me who have this call to healing. It doesn't mean that they're not all of my clients are practitioners, even though a lot of them are coaches and therapists, but a lot of them are just people that really have their own, um, inner work to do too. And they really care about this stuff. I call mm. them the soul curious, right? And soul curious. That's yeah. yummy. Yeah. And it mm. is so yummy. And it really just gives me permission to talk about what fascinates and what lights me up and what has helped me, which mm. is the only way that I've learned how to do things and, and be natural. Mm. And, um, so yeah, I have my little business and I have, I just started a podcast called Prairie Visionary Soul. Um, and I I'm lost where else to go. No, it's not, this, that's yeah. exactly where to go because that's why I reached out to you because mm -hmm. I'd been, I had this funny story actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you think you invited someone to do something and you're kind of waiting for their answer. And then you realize you never invited them. This happens to me quite often, actually. <laughs> it happened to me with you. I thought I invited you to be on the podcast many months before I actually invited you to be on the podcast. <laughs> and I thought you didn't respond in my head. And I thought like, oh, no big deal. Like she's awesome and she's busy when it's right, it will work. And then you launched your podcast and I went to invite you again. And I laughed because I was like, you never invited her in the first place. And this is an even better place to invite her from. Yeah. Like so I, it was hilarious. Yeah, like timing. <laughs> and, you know, just, just so you know, I'm so delighted to be here. I was so, um, I was really honored to get an invitation. Um, I do really want the places where I show up to feel aligned with yeah. things that are important to me. So yeah. um, it's not, you know, this felt very, very aligned. And while you were just talking, I was like, oh my God, did she invite me? And I just no, never got back to her. I, I literally that didn't. Is, I yeah. even, I even was like, did I invite her on Facebook? Did I invite her on Instagram? Did I invite her? Like, <laughs> I was like, you just really didn't. And of course you didn't, because now that she's launched this podcast, you have the best possible topic to like, this is what you were supposed to be on the podcast for. Yeah. Um, and you answered immediately. Like, I mean, it, you, you were so ready and welcoming. So here we are. But I think what I reached out to you was like, 
can like let's podcast about how being wounded doesn't make you less than Mm -hmm. and so many listeners feel wounded and less than yeah I I totally agree like I always felt that way um you know I will say Amanda like one thing that I've struggled with to even be able to use this kind of language after like a very thorough and amazing training in like cognitive behavioral Mm. style coaching Mm -hmm. to use language like wounded and even Mm. archetypal language it feels a little taboo for me because I think you probably know too like if somebody goes around saying I have this wound you know we're all about like, that's a thought, that's a belief you have about yourself and it's getting in the way. And where is the line? Um, there is no line. Oh yeah. This is like all of what I talk about. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. There there's no line. We all have our wounds. Like I, I don't care how good you are at, at quote unquote, managing your mind or doing your inner work. There are places within us that, um, that are ouchy places to say the least. And one thing that really opened this up for me is I took a class from another teacher who, um, I also, she's, she's one of my coaches and it was all about Chiron, um, who in mythology was a God who had like all kind, you know, he was wounded. His mother just utterly rejected him. She was mm. abhorred by him. And as a matter of fact, I think asked the gods to be turned into something other than his mother just to get away from him. So he had that, but he also, um, he was injured by this poison spear and because he was a God, he didn't die of the injury, but it never healed. Mm. and he, I don't know this story at all oh it's so rich and I really <laughs> just want to say it was Karen Hawkwood that teaches this so beautifully oh. I like, want to give all credit to her because it literally changed how I'm able to talk about this stuff wow. and Chiron became you know pretty much the archetype like the 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 embodiment of the wounded healer he yeah. had this wound that didn't kill him and yet it wouldn't heal Mm. and his attempts and his devotion to try to heal himself because it was painful and it was unsightly and it was hard really um lit uh, I want to say lit a fire and I don't mean it that way but it led to him being a healer for other people a great healer and teacher for other people. And the reason this was so life-changing for me is because what, you know, I think we all have trauma in our life. It's just like, we can't, you know, we're not wired to handle everything. And I mean, COVID is like one prolonged (laughs) trauma thing for all of us, I think, for example, but um, even if we had perfect childhoods, even if we had families who were 100% supportive of us, I do think that we come into this world with this, um, you know, one wound or another that's like unfinished business and we want it to scar over. We think that without it scarring over and, you know, letting us forget about it, that we can't do things. And so in believing that what we don't do is really take care of that wound and tend it. Yeah. And, um, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. In, 
in life coach school terms, what I imagine, let's talk about this, is it's the difference between I'm wounded in the thought line, which creates a feeling, versus mm-hmm. I'm wounded in the circumstance line, yes. which creates a thought about being wounded. Like it's, it's just a, it just is an existence. <laughs> it's like, like I painted my desk black a long time ago when I renovated my office, but there's this wound in it. There's a broken mm-hmm. piece, which I mm-hmm. painted gold. Mm-hmm. It's that to me. It's like, yeah, the table is broken, but I don't have to think of it as a broken table. I can think of it as a table that sheds light on like mm-hmm. reviving and rejuvenating and right. Like, mm-hmm. So that difference between I'm wounded is just a truth. I've had an abortion is just a fact. I've had, I had abortions is just Mm -hmm. a fact. It's what we think about it that matters. And if we think my abortion broke me, then we don't necessarily land. (laughs) It's hard to land where we want to land in our lives. 100%. And I think um, you can tell me, you know, if like, I'd love to hear your view on this, but I think what we interpret as broken is I suffer. I have, you know, I have pain, like in my first podcast episode, I'm like, what the hell am I going to talk about? So I talked about my favorite subject, which is me. (laughs) Um, And how um, just like, I'll, I'll keep this brief and short. And I used to really feel foolish for talking about this because I'm, I'm 50 some now. And, but when I was four, my mom died, my adoptive mom died and um, it was sudden. And my dad did remarry, but my, my relationship with my stepmom, it wasn't a mother daughter thing at all. And, um, I've always like, I started going to therapy when I was like 35 because I was drinking too much. I was Mm. really, um, struggling with a lot of things. And it took me five sessions to tell my therapist that I had lost my mom Mm. when I was young. And I was so like, I was literally red in the face talking about it. And Mm -hmm. then she was like, why didn't you tell, you know, and then I felt even more shame. And, um, but the thing is like, I, recognize this acute place in me that without any cognitive thinking, without any intellect gets activated, gets hurt in, in certain circumstances that, that has everything to do with growing up unmothered basically. Yeah. And even as an adult, especially one in the, the personal and spiritual growth industry, of course, I've done my work on this. Mm -hmm. But what I think sometimes we don't understand is that that work never ends. The work is like this, this, this medicinal balm that only we can put on it. And so then when we hurt, because of something, for instance, if your listeners have had an abortion and they feel some sort of, um, you know, emotional pain around that, whether it's a year after 10 years after whatever, like the way we're kind of trained to think and, and the way I think our brain thinks by default is 
if I were really healed, I wouldn't be feeling this pain or I wouldn't get triggered by it or I wouldn't, you know what I mean? And so then we were like, oh, this is, this is my fault and I am broken and it doesn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. A few things like jumped out at me. One is five sessions to tell your therapist and I have so many people who come to me and say, I have a therapist, but I can't tell them about this. Yeah. This is huge. Or I want to find a therapist, but I don't know who to trust. Mm -hmm. And one of the differences between therapy and life coaching is that we can be much more transparent as life coaches. So Mm -hmm. there aren't very many therapists out there saying, I've had one too, or Mm -hmm. like, I am abortion positive or, um, And so, so many of my listeners, A, are looking for someone to talk to and are afraid Mm -hmm. to share with even their therapist who they've had for many, many years, which is just so much. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I think like for me, it wasn't, um, I wasn't afraid to tell my therapist and some of your listeners might identify with this too, because I think it's something that, that sits within a lot of us. Um, I wasn't ashamed of my past. I was ashamed of like talking about it. Like I should have just gotten over this. And I, I think also, um, with abortion, like there's that too. It's like, I'm a grown woman. I made this decision for reasons that are important to me and therefore, you know, I shouldn't have to talk about this anymore. I shouldn't need guidance or help with this. I shouldn't need someone like you, Amanda, you know, because I should have done my own work. And why does this still sit within me as a wound? You know, I think that's right. It's also like, which I think you, you said too, but I just want to reiterate it's, I should have gotten over this for my listeners because I picked it. Yes, exactly. I picked this so I shouldn't be wounded by it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was my own wound. What's the word? Wounder. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> so I was the one who caused harm to myself. So I shouldn't need help talking. About yeah. It, like if I were really it. about about being, um, yes. you know, a sovereign woman and, and a grown ass woman and stuff, then because I chose this, um, there should be no problem. Like I should, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, I don't know if that's Which is so crazy. Anything. Cause if we think about other things in our life, like I chose motherhood, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I don't have feelings about it. Like it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard just because I picked it doesn't mean I know how to do it, right? Like just because I chose it doesn't mean I'm good at it or that Mm -hmm. I don't have complicated feelings about it. And I think that's what like we live in this kind of dichotomous world or whatever in this mindset where it's either this or that. And like even motherhood can be um, intensely difficult for women to talk about, even if they find a group of women that are saying, you know what, this is hard. And sometimes I hate my kids and I'm, you know what I mean? And it's like, yes, but we're still so inhibited from doing it because we should feel differently. Right. And I chose this and yeah. Yeah. I just read the most amazing article in the New York times 
called, it was by Merritt Tierce. And it was, oh, I don't remember the title of it, but basically, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll link to it. Um, but basically like, I wish I had had access to an abortion. Um, I have this amazing kid who I obviously love, but like, this isn't how it was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is, you said, I love something about it. I hate my kids or like, I hate that, right? Is that moment where you're like, yes, I love them. I love them with all my heart. Of and I can't stand them right now. <laughs> or like, I don't know that motherhood was the right choice for me. Mm-hmm. Just recorded an episode. It's not out yet. Maybe it will be by the time this comes out um, with a mother who anonymous, anonymously came on the podcast to say like, I, I did have the child and I do love him. And I really wish abortion had been a more viable option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is, I love that I'm having this conversation with you because something else you said about growing up unmothered. And so you had this experience of um, coming into an adoptive family and then mm-hmm. also losing your adoptive mother. Mm-hmm. And I think a question we're not asking when we find ourselves with unplanned pregnancies, we're asking more the question like, can I have this baby Mm -hmm. versus can I mother this baby? Yeah. That's a really big difference. Like, am I capable of providing now in your adoptive mother's case like we don't know what's gonna happen like she obviously didn't know that she wouldn't be there four years later however long later to Mm -hmm. take care of you but this question is so important how can I mother this child and if I decided not to mother that child who am I now am I still a mother am I still a good person like am I bad now Yeah, because you know, Amanda, like, I don't know. Um, And again, like, I feel like I'm like walking earlier before we started recording, I was talking about being on a lake of ice and chipping through and chipping through. So I kind of feel like I'm walking on on your lake. And I, I, you know what I mean? So I know that you'll come in. But like, how do we know? Can I it, it really like, I honestly think, I feel like the question is, will I like, do I want to, or yes. I, I don't know, but I, I mean, I think we have to talk about that yeah. because like you said, my adoptive mom did not know that she was going to die, you know, when I was four yeah. and my little adopted brother was two, she didn't know that, but at some point, maybe she was asking, can I be a mother? But I think it's really like, will I be a mother, which is all the, you know, the, the mess. And we have to, like, I always say, if you don't understand that you are free to have a choice, then you are not really free. Mm-hmm. And that's with every single yeah. Oh, thing. that's so good. <laughs> right. And you know, the, the thing about, um, the legality of abortions is that it gives women a choice yeah, and therefore gives all women their freedom, mm. all women, their freedom. And I think that we are so shy or inhibited 
about, um, you know, and this is interesting too, because I'm not a mother and part of that choice was very much intentional. And some of it wasn't like, I was feeling the pressure kept at getting asked, when are yeah. you going to give us grandkids and, yeah. you know, all of that. But in the, in my heart, I didn't, you know, like I'm a, I'm a pet mother, so to speak. Like I have so much love to give and I have so much mother energy, but like having children just didn't, um, it never, like, I never had this like imperative yeah. to do this, but, um, for years I lied about that. Like I let people mm. believe that we didn't have children because my husband and I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, and so right. Like until we empower ourselves yes. to like, I had a choice of will I or won't I? And I choose, yes, I will, or yes. no, I won't. And I think it's the same for it's mothering for abortion for anything like yeah. that is what gives us our freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that. I, I talk a lot about like honoring your wants, honoring your desire. And it's that a admitting what you want. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's like, I don't want to have kids and then owning what you want, which is not, we, you know, telling the white lie, we, we, we can't have kids or we're right. not, right. It's owning it being like, yeah. I'm, I'm choosing not to have kids because I don't want them. Yeah. I don't want them. And not like that, <laughs> depending on what social structure and culture you're in. Right. Um, but for me, that was really, really hard. And for a long time, I didn't have the, um, I'm going to say this word and I don't mean it with any judgment toward myself or anybody else, but I did not have the moral courage mm. to own that. I just don't want kids. Like, could I yeah. be a mother? Mm. I could, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't want to, it's not for me. Um, all of that. And Oof, like I said, courage. can we just stop yeah. for a sec? That's so okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, okay. Now I stopped you, but no, that's okay. I might have lost your train of thought because that, I, I just like had to digest that. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, and it's not moral like this is good and bad in the world. It's like, but yeah. there is a certain kind of courage that we are called mm -hmm. to embrace that is the hardest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of my clients come to me because they want to feel confident and at some point, you know, like I don't pretend to know what my clients need, but also as a coach, it's my job to stay out of their head, to hear mm -hmm. their thoughts and kind of show them the difference between hard fact reality and what, how they choose to interpret that. And it's usually, it's not confidence that they're looking for, you know, confidence is just this presumption that it'll be okay. And I mean, I think that's part of it, but I, it's really that hard, hard courage to love themselves, to love themselves, <laughs> to speak their truth, to yes, dare be visible, exactly. to dare say, I have something to offer that I get to freaking do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. Uh, Yep. It's just being able to say, 
I had that abortion because I wanted it. Yeah. For many of my listeners. And some of them are thinking, I didn't want it. My baby was sick or my baby wasn't going to make it or I was dying or whatever. It's like, and then being able to take it that step further and say, I didn't like it, but I did want it. Yeah. I did want to save my life. I did want to not carry that baby who would suffer at birth. I did want to. So it's like being able to say, I didn't like it, but I wanted it, which is kind of how I feel about my abortion. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I wasn't like, sign me up for an unplanned pregnancy. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't like it, but I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And I choose to own that I had it because I wanted it, not because someone made me or I had to. And then even we get into that territory, it's like, there's a listener right now who's thinking someone did make me, my partner did Mm -hmm. make me or whatever it is. Um, And then being able to say like, I was in an abusive relationship and to save myself, I wanted that abortion to minimize the abuse from the partner or whatever. So Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. keep taking it deeper until you get to that place where you can go, holy shit, I did want it. And now I'm going to embody that. Exactly. I, that's so perfectly said. And that is that courage. Yeah. And that courage doesn't come naturally to anybody. Yeah. I think it's hard one. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, I'm just so grateful that there's a world out there of like, you know, whether it's therapy or coaching or whatever, that people who are willing to hold so much space that you can like step into that, like even thinking about being that courageous can be terrifying. It doesn't matter what's going on without you. Uh, Um, So anyway, I guess the reason I'm saying that is because so often if I talk about that courage with my clients, then there's an opportunity for them to feel bad about themselves or broken because of that. Like there must be something wrong with me because I don't have the kind of courage to speak whatever the truth is. I know, I know. You know, like I never would have chose abortion, but I did choose it because of, you know, any circumstance or like, I felt like I didn't have a choice, but I did it like just to own the circumstances of our life without turning against ourselves and without Mm -hmm. um, trying to couch those circumstances in ways that, you know, quote unquote, makes other people go, oh, that's okay then. Yes. Right. It's all about the courage to feel right. Like if I own what I want, it's not so hard. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think it's less hard to have the courage to recognize and see what you want personally mm-hmm. than to feel what other pe- how other people's reactions to what you want. Isn't yes. that most of the time what we're terrified of is like, exactly. if I admit that was what I wanted, someone else will have a feeling and then I will have to experience that or mm-hmm. uh, or words, whatever. And then that will make me feel something different and terrible. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And just to take that a little bit deeper, like one of the points that I'm always, um, not points, but one thing that I'm always working with, with my clients, and I'm sure you too, and I'm sure 
all coaches is that other people will have an opinion is like, I think all our human wound is this terror of, of, I was going to say instinction. And I'm like, that's not a word, this terror of abandonment and being left on our own and rejection. And like, that is no joke. No joke. That sits within us as this primal imperative to save our own lives. And so, um, to own anything that somebody else might have an opinion with without going, well, how am I going to settle them down? How am I going to appease yeah. them? Mm-hmm. You know, that you're 100% right. That is the, the courage because it's easier to appease or whatever. Like for me, it was just easier to let my yeah. husband's family believe yes. that we couldn't have kids. And then they felt bad for us. Exactly. Instead of going, you know, Paul and I talked about it one night over pizza and we were kind of like, yeah, And that, that decision lasted a lifetime and there's good and bad, you know, it's hard sometimes it's like, I, I maybe would have liked to have grandchildren by this point, but also I made that decision. I'm going to own it. I'm going to speak to it. I'm going to, you know, that that's the courage. That's reminding me of, and I've talked about this in other places before it took so much more courage for me to choose abortion as what I wanted than it would have to keep the baby and say to everyone, oh my God, my IUD fell out. I got pregnant and now we have a fourth kid. And they would have been like, oh, that sucks. And she's so cute, right? Like they would have, it would have been so much easier for me to be around people Mm -hmm. with their compassion, their pity, their, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to you. Then it was, it took so much courage for me to be like, I don't want this. And people might not like it. Like, yeah, it would have been so much easier to just let people feel bad for me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think that, you know, um, like, I'm, I'm just so grateful to you, Amanda, for being a truth teller about your own life. And, you know, like we were talking before, well, I think actually it was part of the, like when you made that, when you did that talk at the 2019 mastermind, like it was big and I'm sure you had a lot of, you know, a lot of like, I'm proud I did this at whatever, but also just that incredible fear. And I don't imagine that, you know, uh, an auditorium full of life coaches was going to pick up rocks and stone you with it, <laughs> but with them, but it can very much feel like that. And, you know, one thing that I'm always so grateful to everybody who is willing to tell their own truth, yeah, no matter yeah. what is that thank you for going first, Mm. you know, thank you for giving me, like, if I can look at somebody who told their personal truth, even though that personal truth and they know it may feel very unsavory or Mm. very something to other people. It's like, maybe I can do this too. Maybe I can somehow, you know, hold myself in a way where I'm courageous in that way too. And it's just, Mm so important. Like your podcast is so important. I love this. Just, it's like the leadership of truth telling. (laughs) So powerful. Thank you for, for sharing it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
okay we've been we've been talking for a while my podcast my podcasts go through phases where they're like super long because I can't stop talking and then I'm like no 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 must make them shorter today's (laughs) one of the long days it is what it is it's so good if we were to leave listeners with maybe some ideas or action steps for like this has all been fascinating to listen to, but mm-hmm. I do feel wounded. I do feel broken because of my abortion history, one or many. Mm-hmm. What can I do today to show up to myself and my healing and maybe feel a little bit differently about my wounds? Yeah, <laughs> I think that... Um what I'll say to that without trying to get too long winded or confusing about it is that, you know, earlier when I was talking about that Chiron, the myth of Chiron, who was half horse, half man, by the way, or half horse, half female, that female, oh human. half human. Thank you. I like female. Um, that, that right. Yeah. Me. I mean, who knows? Like, <laughs> you know, but anyway, the non-binary um, Greek gods. <laughs> exactly. As they should be. <laughs> because we don't really know. So good. But anyway, that tending of that wound, tending of the wound. Right, like if we have this deep wound, like I used to work in physical therapy and people would come in for wound care. Yeah. And some of the people's like burns can get infected and burn away the tissue all the way down to the bone. And that tissue probably isn't going to regrow because of the damage, but we can't just leave them untended and we can't just expect them to grow in. We've got to take care of that wound. We've got to do the debridement. We've got to like address the kind of icky edges and and clean them. And, and again, I just want to give all credit to Karen Hawkwood who taught me this. And I think the way that we can do that with ourselves, this is the beauty of wounds is they call us back to ourselves. They give us an opportunity every single time we feel pain from them to tend to ourselves. Mm. And so what can your listeners do today to make something better to, to help Mm. with that wound? I just say like compassion isn't something that we apply until the wound heals. Compassion is the freaking healing mm-hmm. self-compassion. Oh my goodness. So and good. so really understanding where that pain originates from and that that pain isn't because you're a bad person. You're not being made to suffer because you did something wrong. This is something within you touching to a core and take care of it. Yeah. Put that balm of self-compassion and self-understanding. If if the biggest thing we did for ourselves on any given day was say, I understand why I hurt and that I am a whole person and that they're like, I can see the rightness in me, mm. you know, that wholeness. If that's all we ever did for ourselves, this world yeah. would be a better place. So what can they do? Yeah. Be compassionate toward themselves. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to say like, why am I suffering? Because I had an abortion. <laughs> right. But when you can ask yourself or remind yourself, abortion is the circumstance. What's mm-hmm. causing the wound? 
Yeah. And, and that gets so nasty to yourself about those, those thoughts that do cause the wounds. So many of them are way, they're not up in our head. They're deep in our psyche. And it's not because it's good and bad. It's because we live in a world that shapes us to really save our own lives by, um, by hiding those shadowy places that we're afraid other people can see. And so that's where it's like, it's not because you're not doing your work. It's not because you're not a, a, you know, grown ass woman or whatever, or you know what I mean? It doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Go be human. So be human. Go forth and be human. All the human things. Oh, so good. Okay. How can people find you if they want to learn more in Lisa Land, which go listen to her podcast, (laughs) but there you go. How can people find you? Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at just Lisa underscore Haddlestead. I know that, you know, you'll have the spelling of my name. So, um, I, you can find me on Facebook and follow me. It's the same. My name. I also, my podcast is on iTunes and, um, Stitcher and like Spotify, other channels. And it's called Prairie Visionary Soul. Mm. Um, and it's like in its infancy, but I've got a couple great interviews I'm going to be airing and, and some solo shows that I'm just recording now. And it's going to be, um, it's so fun. So those are ways to find me. I also have a website called lisahaddlestead.com that needs updating, but has some really good writing on there. Yeah. yeah. Good. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just so excited that this gets to go into the collection. Oh, it's my pleasure. My honor, Amanda. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.